Hi, this is Stephen Ambrose, Senior Pastor at Wapak Naz. I want to welcome you to the Wapak Naz podcast. We hope and pray that this message goes deep into your DNA, is encouraging, relevant to your life, a means for you to engage with God and experience His love, and moves you to impact your world. We at Wapak Naz believe firmly that you matter to God. We are glad that you are taking the risk to engage with Him today. Wapak Naz is love people, loving people to Jesus, and it takes people to partner with us to be on mission and bring this message to our community, the region, and the world. If you would like to financially partner with Wapak Naz to love people to Jesus, join us by going to our website at wapaknaz.org and becoming a financial partner. We thank you, we pray for you, we love you, and enjoy the message. I need your help this morning. I have a little activity here that I, I need some audience participation in, so... Uh, I'm going to test your superhero knowledge a little bit. Okay, you guys ready for this? Some of you, some of you are ready. So we're going to go through a series of questions, and I'm going to ask you a question about the superhero on the screen, and I need you to help me, whether it's one, two, three, or four, which answer is the correct answer. So let's go to the first one here. So what's this superhero, Superman's, what's his superpower? Is it one, invisibility? Two, he controls the weather. Three, heat vision. Or four, he makes an awesome ham sandwich. Four, lots of fours. He probably does make an awesome ham sandwich. I'm just saying. But I'm seeing some threes over here. Heat vision is correct. Superman has heat vision. He shoots little laser beams out of his eyeballs. It's pretty cool. All right, the next one. Who's this hero? Is this one girl bat? Two, Batgirl. Three, Nightshade. Or four, Purple Jumpsuit Apparatus. Two? Are you sure, are you sure it's not Girl Bat? That sounds kind of weird, doesn't it? You're right, it's two. It's Batgirl. You guys aren't very helpful in the back. All right, next one. What's this superhero's real name? We know it's Iron Man. What's his real name? right? Is it Steve Rogers? Is it Tony Hawk? Is it Tony Stark? Or is it Stanky Hark? <laughs> three? Two? Three? It's Tony Stark, number three. Tony Stark is his real name. You guys are doing pretty good, other than you guys in the back. Next one. All right, what is his superpower? Is it one, super speed? Two, freeze breath. Three, flight. Or four, never misses an Ohio State game. <laughs> He's wearing, wearing the red. I mean, you're right, it's one. He's super speed. That's the flash. Super speed. Next one. Who's this hero? Is it one, Captain America? Two, Starboy? Three, patriotic man, or four, Captain Underpants. <laughs> Captain Underpants is a different hero. This is Captain America. You're right. Next one. What is her real name? This is Black Widow. What's her real name? Is it this one's kind of tricky? Is it one Natasha? Two Cheryl? Three Anastasia? Or four Amelia Bedelia? What do we think? What do we think? This one's tricky. Yeah, it's one. It's Natasha. Natasha Romanoff. 
That one's tricky. I'll give you that. Next one. What's this green guy's superpower? Is it mind control? Invulnerability means he can't be hurt. Three, uh, teleportation. Or four, he's always choosing the healthy option. I I think the Hulk regularly eats salad. It's two. He's invulnerable. That's right. He can't be destroyed. And who's this hero? Elastigirl, Superwoman, Wonder Woman, or Maiden of Destruction? (laughs) It's three. It's Wonder Woman. It's Wonder Woman. Almost there. A couple more. Or maybe one more. All right. Now... I'm going to be very disappointed if you don't get this one right. I'm just saying right now. Very personal. What's his real name? Is it Bruce Wayne, Peter Parker, Peter Wayne, or Grouchy McStinky? (laughs) One? It's Bruce Wayne. It's number one. You're right. What's his superpower? Is it he can shrink down to the size of an ant? He has sonar sense. He can climb walls, or he has the best dad jokes on the planet. You know it's not four, because I have the best dad jokes on the planet. He can climb walls. It's number three. It's three. It's three. You're right. Who is this hero? Green Lantern, Emerald Light, Ring Guardian, or Green Meanie? One, it's Green Lantern. You're right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Was that the last one, Brendan? Awesome. You can go to the next slide then. Appreciate it. Hey, thanks for, uh, for helping us get to uh, this resolution here. I had some these questions that I was trying to figure out uh, and figure out these superheroes and, and what their backgrounds were and what their superpowers are. It can get kind of confusing sometimes, right? Because we know like Like, Superman has a lot more than just heat vision as a power, right? Superman can fly. He's also invulnerable. He has super speed. He has super hearing. He has freeze breath. He's got all these superpowers. Superman can do all these things, right? Sometimes we forget that these superheroes have alter egos too, right? They have have people that they are in real life, right? Batman isn't just Batman all the time. Batman's also Bruce Wayne. And if he wasn't Bruce Wayne, then Batman wouldn't be Batman because Bruce Wayne is the one who has billions of dollars and can buy all the gadgets and the cool stuff that makes Batman Batman. And so we match these up and and we kind of ask the question sometimes, though, when we hear these stories and we we try to follow these these, uh, comic book characters and we get mesmerized by, man... Look at all their extraordinary powers. Look at all the cool things they can do. And we think to ourselves, at least I think sometimes, man, what would I do if somebody played the piano right now? What would I do if I had the ability to fly? What would I do if I had that superpower? If I could fly what would I do? Where would I go? How would I use it? Would I use it to fight crime? Would I use it to do good things in my community? Would I use it just for selfish ambition? Would I 
make my flights between here and wherever I need to go to just make quicker trips so I don't get stuck in traffic. Yeah, right? So it begs the question, although we don't have the power to fly, at least not outside of an airplane, what is your superpower? Do you know you have a superpower? What's your superpower? A lot of us, for a lot of our lives, have spent time trying to understand, man, what is it I'm here for? What is it I'm supposed to do? What is it I'm good at? That's a question we ask ourselves a lot. What is it I'm supposed to do? What am I good at? What makes me different from everybody else? What is that thing that if I, if I don't do it, nobody else can do it? I need to fill that role, fill that gap, do that thing that nobody else can do. What is your superpower? What makes you you? If you took away the Flash's speed, is he still the Flash? If you took away Spider-Man's ability to climb walls like a spider, is he still Spider-Man? And, and I know not everybody in here follows comic books, right? I'm, I'm showing my nerdness a little bit here. But some of my favorite stories in the comic book storylines, whichever the character or hero is, is when the superhero, for some reason or another, loses their superpowers. They lose them because of some contraption by their, their evil nemesis that sapped away their powers, or they lose them because uh, they got sick, or, or they, they had some other issue going on in their own life. But for whatever the reason, they lose their powers, and they find themselves without their ability to use the thing that makes them them. And in every one of the stories, spoiler alert, in every one of the stories, what we find out is that it's not the superpowers that makes them the superheroes. Because even when Superman is stripped away of all of his superpowers, he still finds a way to do the thing he needs to do, to beat the enemy, to conquer the, the trial in front of him. Those are always my favorite stories because they show something in the heroes that makes them much more relatable. Because now I'm not asking, man, what would I do if I had their superpower? But instead I'm asking the question of, why am I not doing something even though I don't have superpowers? Because they did it, even without their power. Even with, with that loss of identity, even without that, that help that they normally have, they did it. And you know that I've had the argument a number of times, and I'm willing to have it with you one-on-one -on -one if you'd like to after the service. But I am convinced that Batman is the greatest of all the superheroes. And I will reemphasize that he is, in fact, a superhero. Many will argue that he is not a superhero, that he's just a hero because he doesn't have superpowers. Well, they're wrong in thinking that. Because, because Batman does not let his absence of superpowers stop him from engaging in super things. In heroic moments. He doesn't make him shrink back when he stands next to Superman. No, instead he stands face to face with Superman, who has all the superpowers. Batman stands toe to toe with him. See, the thing about Batman is, he uses what he has. He uses what he has. He took his grief and his life circumstances when he was just a child, and he channeled them and he used them to form himself into somebody that would make a difference. 
Batman's goal is that no other child will grow up the way he grows up. That he'll do anything he can to stop those events from happening in somebody else's life. For him, it drove him to a laser focus to stop crime wherever he saw it. He just used what he had. He used what he had. And didn't say, I need to have a powerful ring or I need this, this scientific accident to happen to me so I get superpowers. He says, no, I'm going to be the best I can be with the things that I already have. And so God, or Batman honed himself. But I do want to take a look at a couple people in the Bible who also did that. There's a man by the name of Joshua. You might be familiar with his story. And if you'd like to, I invite you to turn to the book of Joshua. There's a whole book about him. The book of Joshua in the Old Testament, towards the beginning there, not too far in. And Joshua was an interesting guy. Joshua, you might know him from such uh, epic tales as fighting the battle of Jericho, which wasn't so much of a battle as it was a marching band competition where they just walked around the city walls a number of times until God destroyed the city. Joshua took over for a man named Moses. Moses had been the one leading the people of Israel. Moses had been the one doing all of the necessary work. The first five words in the book of Joshua are, after the death of Moses. So we need to understand that Moses is pretty important here. Moses, and understanding who Moses is, sets up the context for what Joshua is about to do. Because we need to understand that Moses is no longer there, and that means something to the people of Israel. That matters to them, that Moses is no longer a part of this story. So we need to understand that Moses uh, was something of a superhero to the Israelites. I mean, if you go back and you read the story of Exodus, Moses has a lot of heroic tales along the way, and some places where he missteps too. But Moses was asked by God through a burning bush to go to the Pharaoh, the most powerful man in the world at the time, and tell him that he needed to let go all of his slaves because they're God's people. That he needed to let all of his slave labor, his free labor go, that was building him tents and castles and pyramids and whatever else. He said, you need to let those people go because they're God's people. Moses went and did that. And eventually, the story goes, plagues came, all these kind of things. Finally, Pharaoh was like, fine, get out of here. And the Israelites left. And then they started to go, and then the Egyptians were like, oh no, what have we done? And they chased after them. So the world's most powerful army is chasing after these nomads who have nothing but the clothes on their back. No military force, no training. They're weak, they're tired. And they're fleeing from the Egyptians, and they come up to the Red Sea, and they're like, well, this is it. We can't get past here. And God, through Moses, parts the Red Sea, and they walk across on dry land. And as they get across on the other side, God closes the waters up on the Egyptian army and saves the people of Israel. And then they get out into the wilderness, and they're in the desert, and the people are thirsty, and they're hungry because there ain't nothing out there. I've seen it. There is nothing out there. And through Moses again, God brings up springs from the water so they could drink. God sends manna from heaven, bread-like substance, so that they can eat. And here we have a people that have gone through many trials. This is just some of them, but many trials and many experiences. And along the way, Moses was the guy that always did the extraordinary thing. 
Moses was the guy that in every moment, every challenging circumstance, every difficult time, Moses was that superhero who stepped in at the last moment. That last moment when we're like, I'm so hungry, I'm so thirsty. Moses, it would be better if we just went back to Egypt where we were slaves because at least we were fed over there. We're going to go back now. We're going to leave this place and just say, forget this whole God mission thing. And Moses comes in to save them. Right? That's the story of a superhero. We love that. That last minute save, right? That person tumbling from a tower or something and the superhero swoops in and catches them. We love those stories. And Moses was that for the people of Israel. Time and time again, he saved them from a point of destruction that sometimes they didn't even realize. There was another place in Exodus where, where God had basically said, I'm going to send you to the land of Egypt, or the land of, of the promised land. I'm going to deliver you there. But he said, you guys have been so stubborn. You guys have messed things up so many times that God says, my presence isn't going to go with you. I'll send you there because I'm a man of my word, but I'm not going to go with you. And Moses says, if you don't go, don't send us. Because how will anybody know that you are our God and that you saved us from Egypt if you don't go with us? Moses sticks his neck out as a leader for the people in a way they don't even always realize it. So we need to understand that Moses was pretty important for the Israelites. He was a hero for them in many, many ways. Probably the most many of them had ever known. And for 40 years, the Israelites had been in the desert, in the wilderness, wandering around, receiving commandments, direction, correction, all those things. And eventually, we come to the place where it's time for Moses to die. And he passes away. And so let's read uh, the first 11 verses here in Joshua chapter 1. It says first five words, After the death of Moses, the Lord's servant... The Lord spoke to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' assistant. Moses, my servant, is dead. Now you and all the people prepare to cross over the Jordan to the land I am giving the Israelites. I have given you every place where the sole of your foot treads, just as I promised Moses. Your territory will be from the wilderness and Lebanon to the great river of the Euphrates River, all the land of the Hittites and west to the Mediterranean Sea. No one will be able to stand against you as long as you live. I will be with you, just as I was with Moses. I will not leave you or abandon you. He says this, Be strong and courageous, for you will distribute the land I swore to your fathers to give them and as, as an inheritance. Above all, be strong and very courageous to carefully the whole instruction my servant Moses commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left so that you will have success wherever you go. This book of instruction must not depart from your mouth. You are to meditate on it day and night so that you may carefully observe everything written in it. For then you will prosper and succeed in whatever you do. Haven't I commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be or urge for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Then Joshua commanded the officers of the people. He said, go through the camp and tell the people, get provisions ready for yourself for within three days... You will be crossing the Jordan to go and to take possession of the land the Lord your God is giving you to inherit. He gives some more direction here for the next few verses, but I want to skip to verse 16. And it says, They answered Joshua, Everything you have commanded us we will do, and everywhere you send us we will go. We will obey you just as we obeyed Moses in everything. 
Certainly the Lord your God will be with you, as he was with Moses. Anyone who rebels against your order and does not obey your words in all, of, all that you command him will be put to death. Above all, be strong and courageous. Maybe you've been in a moment in your life where you've read this passage because you needed those words in your life. Be strong and courageous. You were going through something and you needed a word from the Lord that reminded you that you're not in it alone. Be strong and courageous. And as we read these words in Joshua here, you might be thinking, oh, Matthew, what he's going to say, uh, Joshua's superpower here is that he was strong and courageous. I don't know if I believe that necessarily. I don't know that God was saying be strong and courageous because he saw courage in Joshua. I think more likely he kept saying it over and over and over again because he saw in Joshua that he was not courageous. That he was scared. That he was uncomfortable with the responsibility that was set before him. That he didn't know how to be like Moses. Because Moses was the superhero. Moses did all those amazing things. And Joshua saw it. It says he was his aide. Joshua was there next to Moses for a lot of it. And Joshua was like, I'm, I'm not ready for that. I'm not equipped for that. I don't have the right powers. I don't have the right ability. And God speaks into Joshua and says, be strong and courageous. Why does God speak those words? I think he's declaring something in Joshua. He's producing something in Joshua. He's manifesting something in Joshua that Joshua didn't quite know he was even prepared to manifest. Because from this moment on, Joshua does become strong and courageous. You read the rest of this book, and you see the courageous thing that Joshua does do. And I think in this moment, God is implanting in him the power of courage and strength and fortitude. But I think in this moment, Joshua doesn't quite have it yet. But the reason God can impart it is because of something much more significant. The reason God can impart courage and strength to Joshua here is because Joshua has something that every single one of us in this room have. Joshua has already been given something that every single person listening to this message already has. Do you want to know what that is? I'm sure you do. We can read about it in Genesis chapter 1. Verse 26 says this, Then God said, Let us make mankind in our image, according to our likeness. They will rule the fish of the sea, the birds of the sky, the livestock, the whole earth, and the creatures that crawl on the earth. So God created man in his own image. He created him in the image of God. He created them male and female. You and Joshua are image bearers of God's likeness. You and Joshua represent God everywhere you go. Whether you want to or you don't. The thing that allowed Joshua in this moment to receive the blessing of being strong and courageous 
is that he was willing to submit himself to God and say, God, I know I am your image bearer. I know you created me to do wonderful things. And he simply stood before God and he said, here I am. Use me. That's a superpower. The superpower that Joshua has is that he's already been made in God's image. And he's willing to let God do whatever it is God needs to do in him and through him in order to accomplish the things God desires. Joshua doesn't need to be the greatest public speaker. Joshua doesn't need to be the best battle technician that there is on the planet. Joshua doesn't need to be the most commanding authority to get all the people on the same page and convince them that they all need to do the same thing. Joshua doesn't need to be any of that stuff. Joshua need only be what God asked him to be. And God says, what I need you to be is strong and courageous. I need you to allow my strength to be your strength. I need you to allow me to do the things I need to do, and what you need to do is just trust me. And Joshua does that. Friends, that's our superpower. That's your superpower. You are made in the image of God. That's extraordinary. When we really stop and think about that, when we really stop and think about the infinite God who existed before the world existed, who knows no beginning and knows no end, that that God decided he saw fit to make humanity in his image, to make you to look like him. I don't know about you, but that's way cooler than being able to fly or having vulnerability or have sonar sense or all these other superpowers. God made us with the capacity to do whatever it is he asks us to do. For Joshua's power was that he was willing to submit himself to what God wanted to do and stepped into the things that God had for him. What made Joshua super is that he knew who he was and he knew that God had made him. So I ask you the question, what is your superpower? Right? And we can go from here and we can talk about all the other gifts and talents and abilities that we have. And we do. Right? In this room, there's a multitude of giftings to do different things. Some of us in this room would dread being at this position that I'm at right now, standing in front of people talking. Right? That's not the thing you need to do. Right? God has different plans for you. But what we see when we understand that we're all made in God's image is that God is big enough to give me his image and for it not to be all of God. Does that make sense? That God has more of himself to give than he gave me. And so he can give some of himself to you and to you and to you and to you and to you. And together, collectively, as image bearers corporately, we reflect more fully the image of God. That it's not just about what I do. That my superpower isn't just about what I bring to the table or how great I am at my job or how gifted or talented or whatever. But it's about working together and alongside one another and accomplishing the things that God has for us as a body. 
when we find ourselves allowing God to fill us with the Holy Spirit and restore us back into a more perfect picture of Him, all of a sudden super things start to happen. Things that don't quite make sense. Things that we never would have thought before. Or we never thought we could have done. That's not like me. I wouldn't do that. And yet here it is. It's happening through the power of the Holy Spirit. And at some point in your life, you look back and you realize the things that you did, you first would probably have never done it if not for what Jesus had called on your life. I talk to people all the time who are like, yeah, I used to do this and now I'm doing this and this is not something I ever would have wanted to do with my life. I never had any dreams of doing this. I'm not good at this. I don't particularly like this or whatever. But yet they're convinced that God had called them and asked them to do this other thing. And so they said yes. And now all of a sudden they're like, I can't imagine doing anything other than this. The superpower isn't in our ability. It's in our willingness to let God use us. Much like God's command to Joshua, I ask you today, will you receive the words that Joshua received? To be strong and courageous as you step into the plans God has for you. And to be you. The world doesn't need another Matthew Kirkpatrick. They definitely don't need more of my jokes. They don't need another one of me. They need one of you. And one of you. And one of you. One of you. They need us as a collective group of image bearers of God to be exactly who we were created to be. God knew what he was doing when he created you. God knew what he was doing when he gave you the interests, the gifts, the talents, the abilities that he gave you. But the challenge isn't to find out those as much as it is to surrender ourselves to God and allow God to move in us and through us. After all, it's you that God made and you that he wants. So be strong and courageous. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we come before you this afternoon and we give you thanks for the ways in which you continue to show up. For the ways that you continue to work in our hearts and in our lives. God, thank you that you saw fit at the pinnacle of creation, after you created the world and the space and the, the plants and animals, that you created humanity. And you said, humanity is the thing. Humanity is, is the one thing of all my creation that I want to put my image on, that I want to make in my likeness, that I want to make look like me. Because I have plans for them. I have a purpose for them. They're not just part of the ecosystem. They're not just part of the balance of the world. But they're to help me rule over it. So God, I ask today that you help us. Just like you helped Joshua. Just like you helped the Israelites. To be strong and courageous. First and foremost, by recognizing that what makes us powerful isn't the things I've learned or the knowledge I bring but it's that you've made me 
You made me unique and wonderful. Help us to know that in the depths of our hearts, not just in our heads. May we experience that and be transformed by that. And God, may you use us then from there to go and do extraordinary things. Because you have plans for us. Plans to prosper. Plans to grow. Plans to use. Plans to equip and challenge. So God, may we be willing when the moment calls to step out into it and say, I'm, I might not be equipped for this. I might not be ready for this. I might not know all the answers to this question or this challenge. But what I do know is that God made me and God is calling me. And so I will say yes. Help us to say yes, Lord. Jesus, will you be with us as we go from this place, as we go through this week, and we are those image bearers in our works, in our schools, in the community. God, may your presence be made real and known through our presence in a conversation. And may we give you the glory for the ways you use us. For it's in your holy and powerful name we pray. Amen. Hey, before we leave today, uh, you probably saw on your chairs there's these little square cards. There's two of them. There's two on every chair. You probably kind of consolidated them as you sat down. That's okay. Um, but the intention here is that there's two for everybody in this room. So what we want you to do is we want you to grab two as you leave today. And we want you to use these to invite somebody next week to church. Invite them to come, be here, be a part of this. You know, uh, if you look at the, the, or the census, not consensus, the census for Wapakoneta, and I know some of us live in other towns, but Wapakoneta, Ohio, it's just over 50% of the population of Wapakoneta self-affiliates as having no religious affiliation. Self-discloses, right? So this isn't churches saying we don't have these people in our church. This is the person saying, yeah, I don't, I don't really believe in anything. More than 50% of our community believes that way. And so if we want to radically transform the community of Wapakoneta, we need to help them get invested in something that matters. We need to help them understand that they were made in God's image. And one of the best ways to do that is to invite them. So I encourage you to invite them next week. Take your cards, invite two people, and be challenged by that. And last but not least, I'll encourage you once more to be brave and bold as Joshua was. Lord bless you and keep his patience. Love people who love people to Jesus today. Go in his peace today. We'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to the Wapak Nas podcast. We hope you were moved deeply to step into God and the hope and future he has for you and that you were moved to be salt, light, and yeast in your community and to love people to Jesus.